previously on the Skip and Josh Sports Show. Can you imagine the conversation with the GMs? They have this deal, and then the Minnesota GM calls up, and he's like, you know what? I forgot. I really wanted to give you this guy also. <laughs> you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, we'll take him. Well, we'll just give you, like, uh, I don't know, future considerations. What is future considerations anyways? No one knows. It could be cash. It could be, like, a bag of pucks. You're listening to the Skip and Josh Sports Show. How are you, Skip? Very good. What's happening? A lot to talk about today, as always. But before we get into the show, um, you know, I haven't really taken the opportunity to reflect on everything we've accomplished so far. Um, I'm personally quite excited about all our accomplishments up until now. I think we're up to episode 24 or something like that. This is 26, and we've 26. had a couple of, you know, we had a couple of special episodes in there. So, yeah. So, I mean, the episodes get better every week, and, um, and, and the amount of downloads get increase every week as well. So, yep. that's also a good thing. And hopefully, everyone out there listening is enjoying it and, and is entertained. Um, and if there's stuff that we don't talk about that uh, listeners want to hear, then uh, please let us know and we'll certainly include that into the show. Yep. Skip and Josh show at gmail.com. So the first thing I want to talk about, because uh, technically March Madness, the tournament hasn't begun, but it is March. And already uh, in the first few days of March, there have been some exciting games and actually late in February as well. So as far as I'm concerned, March Madness has already begun. In fact, uh, starting uh, this weekend and going for the next, let's say, eight days, all the conferences are going to have their tournaments, as you know. Yep. And um, some years, the conference tournaments are actually more exciting than the actual NCAA tourney itself. They're great, the conference tournaments. One thing I wanted to mention, uh, I think it was on Wednesday. It seems like all the exciting stuff happens on Wednesdays. <laughs> um Northwestern played against Michigan and uh, the game was tied with like 1.5 seconds left in regulation and Northwestern was inbounding from their own basket and the guy inbounding the ball threw like a 90 foot pass to, um, Absol to his... absolutely incredible play. Yeah, it was similar to the to the Grand Hill Christian Leitner play. The but only the difference pass was, was like 10 feet longer. Yes, the pass was longer. And the shot wasn't as difficult because he was pretty much right under the basket. Yeah. Uh, but still, he had to make, he had to catch the pass, set himself, and put up the layup. Um, now, you can, we can discuss for hours how it should have been defended by Michigan. They should have had a taller guy on the inbounder oh. to make the pass more difficult. Um, but, you know, Northwestern really needed that win. If the guy's going to throw a 90 foot pass, like, I don't know, no matter what's, is there a defense for that? I mean, it's only like, it's only second guessing, you know, like they did what they did. They did what they thought was the right defense. And the guy made a 90 foot pass. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, it was, it was a great play. And uh, Northwestern's never been in the tournament before. So it's a huge deal for them. A lot of uh, the, the NCAA insiders, the guys predicting who's going to be in the tournament are saying now that they're going to make it for the first time ever. Right. Now, uh, they still have their conference tournament to play, and the only thing that could really hurt them is if they lose in the first round of their conference tournament. Right. So if they win at least one game in their conference tourney, then they should be in. But it was exciting, and as I said, I think technically Wednesday was March 1st, so March Madness has already begun officially as far as I'm concerned. Well, for sure. I mean, definitely... Uh... 
for us, it's already it's, college basketball is like, uh, you know, we're, we're following it from the beginning, but there's a lot of people who kind of just start start to follow it like around now. And then many, many people who really just start to follow it once the brackets come out. But um, it's certainly exciting for, for Northwestern. It's incredible. I mean, former Dukie, you know, Chris Collins is the coach, which is, you know, great. Like, I, I love I love that there's like Duke. Duke alums all over it, all over the place. So it'll be a huge accomplishment if, if he can get them to the, the tournament. It certainly will. And um, in other games, uh, now technically this happened in February, but we haven't talked about uh, college basketball since this happened. Uh, Gonzaga finally lost, um, which was surprising because I believe they were at home to BYU when they lost their game. Yeah. Powerhouse BYU. <laughs> it seems like BYU beats Gonzaga once a year, sometimes <laughs> sometimes twice a year. I, I don't know. I guess that team just has their number. Right. Um, but everyone was saying if, if Gonzaga went into the tourney undefeated, they'd be the top number one seed. Yeah. Now with this loss, I still think they're going to be a number one seed if they don't lose another game. Uh, but they may not be the top number one seed. But look, if you're a, if you're a number one seed, you're a number one seed. Does it really matter which bracket you're in. I mean, yes, there's always going to be one bracket or one region that's uh, more difficult than the others. Yeah, there's always one region that everyone... Well, I mean, it's perception, right? Like, we look at it and say, oh, this bracket's loaded. It's really difficult. And this side of the tournament's not not so hard. But, I mean, you still have to win the same amount of games. And, you know, half the time, you know, when people are looking at the brackets, they don't really know what's what, you know? Exactly. And, I mean... As we were saying, I think two or three episodes ago, back in the day, it used to be that if you were a number one seed, your first two games were relatively easy and you you would advance to the Sweet 16. But now, maybe the first game is easy, but by the second game on the first weekend, yeah. you're already playing a tough team. Especially if you're a two or three seed and you have to play like a, a seven or a six in the, the next, in the second game, you know, like... Uh... You know, that's uh, that's not going to be easy because those teams are going to be tough. You know, you're going to be you're going to be facing, you know, uh, Florida State. um, I don't know. Butler, Notre Dame, like Wichita State. I mean, God, you know, like teams that can run up and down the floor or a team like Virginia who just plays ridiculous defense that they're a scary team to play in the tournament because their defense is so strong. I'm glad you mentioned Wichita State. There was a year, I think it was two or three years ago, where they were undefeated and they were a number one seed. Yeah. And they won their first game. And their second game was against eight-seeded Kentucky. Yeah. Well, that was the year Kentucky kind of, they lost all their top five or six players. They were all like one and dones and they, they kind of rebooted. But, I mean, even even like a down Kentucky year is still a talented team, you know? Exactly. So Wichita State lost in the in the first weekend of the tourney. Yeah. After going, ba- going going back to Gonzaga though, you know, if there are if they are a number one seed and UCLA is also a number one seed, which it's looking like it could be, it'll it'll be interesting to see who gets to go out west. Right, they're two West Coast teams, right. but but right. only one of those teams, one of those teams is probably Gonzaga, will get kind of screwed a little bit, and they'll have to go play their games, you know, in another part of the country. Although I think the East West, all that doesn't factor in as much anymore the way they do the tournament. But they try to keep teams close to home if they can. Yeah, but I think right now today, I think there are three locks for the for four of the sorry. There are three locks for the number one seeds. That's Gonzaga, Kansas, and Villanova. The only one in question, in my opinion, is the fourth one. 
And I think the fourth one is going to be either the winner of the Pac-12. Yeah. Is it Pac-12 or Pac-10? I think I it's think Pac-12. I think it's 12, 12 now. now, yeah. Or the winner of the ACC. Yeah, it's unfortunate because the winner of the ACC is probably going to be on the outside looking in, you know. But. Now, now the thing is, if, if North Carolina uh, wins the regular season ACC and the ACC tourney... Oh, it'll be I hard. Th- it'll be hard to not make them a number one. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But... But if they win the regular season ACC, which I think they've already clinched a tie for that, but they somehow lose in the ACC tourney, then I think the Pac-12 winner might get that fourth number one seed. Mm-hmm. Well, well, it's certainly going to be an exciting finish to this season. And, you know, the, our next episode, we discussed this off the air, but our next episode is going to be probably complete uh, NCAA basketball episode where we're going to basically uh, – go over the bracket in, in detail and make our picks and maybe have some guests on to make their picks and stuff like that. Yes. Now, staying in the month of February, technically the last day of February, Duke uh, defeated Florida State yeah. in, a, in a close game, 75-70, which if you look at the schedule, may not have seemed like an important game because Duke is going to get into the tourney. However, it was important. It was important because A, Duke had lost their previous two games to Syracuse and Miami and B Duke's next game tonight against North Carolina could also be potentially a loss. And so had they lost to Florida state as well, that would have meant they're going into the ACC tourney on a four game losing streak, which is not something you want to do. No. So that game versus Florida state uh, this past Tuesday was actually quite an important game. And luckily Duke pulled it out. Grayson Allen's injured. He came off the bench uh, against Florida state. He didn't play very much. And, Tonight, he's going to also come off the bench, I read, so he's not going to start. So they're limiting him. He's had this nagging ankle injury for, you know, the last several weeks. So, And Amile Jefferson isn't 100% either. No, he's not. So, I mean, look, they're they're deep, but they had this touted class, you know, of freshmen. And they the freshmen haven't really um, had the impact that everyone thought they were. Tatum has, but Giles and Bolden have not. And they they definitely need, you know, uh, their full squad with Jefferson and Allen, you know, going into the tourney. I wanted to talk about the Duke-North Carolina game tonight, if if you have a second about of that. Of course, absolutely. It's a huge game, and I and I won't be able to see it. Well, I, well I'm glad you mentioned that. So, <laughs> you know, you usually do a what bugs me at the end of the episode. So this is so far beyond what bugs me. It's like what angers me. I'm so furious about this game. Because, you know, Duke, North Carolina, to end the season, I mean, clearly it's like the biggest thing going on in sports tonight. And of course, 20, 30, 30 million people in Canada cannot watch it. Yeah. You know, we don't have it on TV. And unless it's, unless it's you disgusting. buy the uh, college uh, sports well, package with, uh, with Bell. So I was like, OK, you know, Saturday night. I mean, Saturday night, it's going to be very hard to get it on TV in Canada because Sportsnet devotes all their channels to the Hockey Night in Canada. So right off the bat, that's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, if if by chance we could get it here in Quebec on one of the French channels, which they could happen during the week, also it's not going to happen mostly because of hockey. Mm-hmm. But like you talked about last week, TSN. So they've got five channels. So mm-hmm. can I tell you what's on the five TSN channels tonight? Please, because I haven't checked yet. So oh, please I tell checked me. thoroughly. So one of the channels is showing the UFC prelims, which 
they do all the time. Whenever there's a UFC event, they show the the preliminary bouts up to 10 o'clock that night or up till 9 o'clock, whatever it is. So mm -hmm. I understand TSN's doing that. They have a deal with UFC and this is what they do. But the other four TSN channels are all showing mm -hmm. curling. So I like you said last week, we don't want to offend all the curling fans out there. Curling is popular in Canada. I get that. But it's on four channels. It's on all four channels. So you have no choice. And this great Duke-North Carolina game is not going to be on. So I am going to watch. Um, I'll find a way to watch it. and um, But, I mean, it just sucks. I, I agree with you. I, I'm 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 glad that I didn't look at the schedule earlier because that would have angered me as well. I knew that the game wasn't on. I didn't realize that uh, TSN had the same sporting event on four different channels again. Um, you know, and and TSN sometimes during the college football season on a Saturday afternoon will have four different college football games yeah. on. So they are capable of doing it. I'm not sure why they don't do it for other things. Hi there, Skip and Josh will be right back. To get in touch with them, you can send them an email to skipandjoshshow at gmail.com. You can follow them on Twitter at skipandjosh, and you can visit their website at www.skipandjosh.com. And now, back to the show. So the next thing I want to chat with you about, I know that you went to the uh, hockey game the other night uh, when the Canadians played against P.K. Subban and the Predators. Yeah, I did. I was there. And... Also, luckily for me, normally the Thursday games, the Canadians' Thursday games are not televised here. They're normally blacked out in Ontario. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think because it was P.K. Subban, they did something special, and it was broadcast um, on, I don't know if it was on all four of the Sportsnet channels, but I was able to see it. Okay, great. So, of course, I watched, and, you know, the um, I don't need to tell you because you were there. The pregame ceremony was quite emotional, and not only even before the pregame ceremony, just for the warm-ups. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were in the stands, and as soon as he came out on the ice, we were there early in our seats way before everything started. As mm -hmm. soon as they came out on the ice, it was PK, and and the fans were cheering him, and, you know, like... And I saw a lot of Predators jerseys in the crowd on oh, television. Oh, tons. There was tons of Predators jerseys, and, and Canadian Subban jerseys, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it, you know, I reflected on this after and during while the game was going on. I don't think in my life there's ever been a Montreal um, professional athlete as popular as Subban. I don't think there's ever been one, actually. I think he's the most popular athlete of our whole generation. And I'm, I mean, you'd have to probably go back to Guy Lafleur to get a more popular player. In, I was just going to say, I, I was just going to say, I remember when Guy Lafleur came back to play, I think, as a New York as a Ranger. Ranger. Yeah. And he got a, you know, a nice uh, applause from the crowd. Yeah. Um, and I think he he may have even gotten a point, Lafleur, in that game. And I don't know if the fans uh, cheered at the time. Because no, he got two goals time. that game. So he got two points then. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to listen, but I couldn't really tell when they were announcing the the Predators' goal. Yeah. The the play by play guy was was talking when they said uh, Subban's name. First of all, did the announcer say like PK Subban the way he would have no, said it last year? No, he said year? it like normal. Yeah. And and what was the reaction from Everybody the crowd? Everybody cheered. Everybody cheered. Pete Subban oh. got cheers the whole game. But then, in true Montreal fashion, and I think it was pretty fitting, in the third period, every time Subban touched the puck, he got booed. I saw that, yes. Which was great. I, yeah. I think I think Subban will appreciate that. I think it's fine. 
you know, when Chara comes here, they boo him every time he touches the puck. When mm-hmm. when Crosby comes here, they boo him every time he touches the puck. It's like almost like um, a rite of passage. You know, you of get course. the best player on the opposing team gets booed, when that, and that's fine. So I was just I was telling my wife yesterday like how popular Subban is. I mean, I I I was I said Guy Lafleur. The only other um, player in Montreal history that I think might have been as popular maybe is Gary Carter. Because he, he was, like, the height of popularity. I mean, he was incredibly popular here, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe later on, you know, Vladimir Guerrero. But I, it doesn't... I don't... I, it doesn't reach the level of, of what Subban is. And and it's not just the popularity. It's the whole buzz around him. Because, of course, there's millions of people in the city that love him. But there's this group of people that just hate him, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, the the polarity of the situation, you know, the love hate and and everything that surrounds him and the 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 whole basically the whole circus that follows him around everywhere he goes. Um it's just incredible. And one um one of the announcers on the post game show, um um one of the um not announcers, but she's a ra- on the radio, uh, Amanda Stein, who I really enjoy listening to. She she really summed it up perfectly. She's like it was like the closing of the book, so to speak. You know, everyone was mad. Everyone was upset. There's lots of emotions. The season went along. And then la- that game on Thursday was kind of like the closure that everybody needed to sort of say, OK, it's do- it's done now. And let's let's all move on. You know, that is a good summation of it. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree. I mean, the Predators only come to town uh, once a year, right? Yep. So uh, and and the second time is never as exciting as the first. No, I'm sure. Like, I mean, I'm sure next time he comes to town, he'll get cheers and he'll get booze, but it'll it'll dissipate. It it, it will never reach what it what it did, you know, on Thursday. So. Of course, and there won't be a, a pregame uh, video no. on the board, which was which was very nice. I'm glad to see that the Canadians did that. I know that the Predators did that for Shea Weber when the Predators when the Canadians went to play in Nashville. Yeah, but think about that. Shea Weber is basically. Um, the all-time number one player in franchise history of the right. Predators, right? So of course, of course, they're going to do a video for him. PK Subban. I mean, it was great that they did the tribute to him, but they they didn't have to. You know? No, they didn't have to. And the other thing was, they also didn't have to do it in the pregame. They could have just done it during a stoppage and play, or when, or when, like when, during when, the warm up or something. Right. When the broad like stoppage and play like they did with Shea Weber when the yeah. broadcast was actually on a commercial break. Yeah. And so the viewers at home wouldn't even have gotten to see it. Yeah. But they made a point of doing it in the pregame when everyone's still paying attention, you know, just before the anthem and just before the Molson Cup uh, presentation. Yeah. The Molson Cup presentation. That's thrilling. <laughs> God, what a stupid thing. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Well, it's a big deal for the players because I think sometimes they get uh, bonuses if they win that thing uh, a certain number of times or something. I don't know. Okay, good for them. I mean, Pacioretty won the Molson Cup player for February, so it's the only player that scored any goals. Yeah. So Canadians, for two periods. Actually, yeah. by the way, the Canadians, um, they had a terrible month of February. I don't need to tell you, but yeah. they were actually lucky to win that game against Nashville. They're lucky to win all the games they've been playing. That was the most boring two periods two and a half periods it was it was like you could have fallen asleep during that game i was going to ask you because oh, terrible. I, I was bored at home and i was wondering is it any more exciting what, if you were there so i happened to run into a friend of the show uh steve who you know well who yes. was at the game 
and um, I saw him during the second intermission. And he 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 goes to pretty much all the games. He has season tickets, yeah. and he said all the games are boring. He goes <laughs> he goes even with Julian, it's more boring. But even with Terry, it, like they are the most boring team because they don't score goals. They're not exciting. It's and now with Julian, it's like ultra defensive. And but you know what? If they're winning, no one will care how everyone can when they're losing. Everyone's like they're not even playing exciting hockey. But, you know, if they're winning, no one's going to care what kind of hockey they play. You know, what I it was a fabulous finish. I mean, the play that Byron made at the end was just unbelievable. You know, so. Well, what I noticed, I think it was in the middle of the second period. There was a shot of the Canadians team bench. Yeah. And even the players on the team seemed like they didn't want to be there. It was the weirdest thing. Like, you know, usually when, when, you know, when I've played sports, when you've played sports or when you watch, um, when you watch games on television, you'll see teammates, you know, chatting with each yeah, other. Yeah. Or, that's dead or, quiet, right? Yeah. Or, or, or giving each other encouragement or giving each other tips. But at this particular instance, when the camera was on the bench, none of the players were even talking to each other. They weren't even looking at each other. They were looking straight out onto the ice and they looked, they seemed so disinterested as if they didn't want to be there. Now well, that that might have just been a certain point in the game, and it yeah. might not have been like that the entire time. Right. But that was that was surprising to me. Well, you know, there's nothing worse than a huge arena that's normally crazy loud and boisterous that should give you tons of energy that's dead silent, and that's what the that's what it was. I mean, that arena was dead silent for like most of the game, and it's really like ooh, it's not fun to be there when it's quiet like that. So. Look, they won the game. They've won like I don't know, five in a row now or whatever, four in a row. But like all, all like squeakers, you know, over time. That was the first regulation win for Julien. And um, but points are points, and all those wins is look. (laughs) Two episodes ago, I told you it was fifty-fifty to make the playoffs. Mm. Last episode, I downgraded them, and this episode, I'm going to upgrade them because all these points that they've banked now are, you know, it's. It's really like looking like the playoff berth is going to happen. They'd really have to go into a horrible, horrible streak now to to blow it. I I do want to talk about the two goals because both goals were lucky goals if you saw them. I mean, I don't know how often they show the replays on the video board at the arena. Well, Gallagher's goal, I mean, he tried for a wraparound and he put it off the Nashville defense. Exactly. So that was a lucky goal. Look, Byron's goal, yes, it was lucky in that he got a very fortunate bounce off of like the shaft of his stick, you know, to block the, the, the shot coming in. But, but then not only that, like like Pecorini actually knocked the puck into yeah. his own net after making the save. Yeah, but I mean, so the, both the, goals were lucky. The fact that Byron was able to even get that breakaway is pretty incredible. Like his speed is unreal. Yeah, yeah, that was exciting. That but was the, the shot that he got was looked like it was right at him, and then all the next thing you know, it just kind of trickled into the net. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the Canadians were lucky to win that game. And we'll see. They're playing the Rangers tonight, so that'll be another hard game. Now, I do want to talk about uh, Andrew Shaw because you know he's been my whipping boy all season long. So I have I have a couple of things to say about him. The, the new coach loves him because he's on the ice all the time. Well, first of all, I have to give Andrew Shaw props for the uh, goal he scored against the Leafs a week ago. Okay, I'm not yeah. only I'm not only going to knock him when he does bad things, but I need to uh, give him props when he does good things. Mm-hmm. So he did score a nice goal against the Leafs and an important goal, yeah. and actually took quite a beating against the boards after scoring. Yeah, uh, good for him for doing that. I will say that. But then, of course, the real Andrew Shaw came back against the Predators because their first goal was scored on a power play, and the penalty was Andrew Shaw's penalty. And if you saw the replay. 
it was a nothing play. Like he got a penalty as he was going to the bench against a player that was also going to the Predators bench. And it was, it was a nothing play. Like there was no need for him to even come into contact with that player. It was just a stupid thing that he did. It led to the power play, which led to the goal. There's no cure for stupidity. So, I mean, I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that and I'm thinking, okay, you know, maybe he'll be benched for the rest of the period. No, no. Julian loves him. But no, he's out there taking a regular shift. He takes face-offs. They, they're transforming him into like a center now. I don't know what... Well, they're, they're such a poor face-off team that they're trying anything to, to win face-offs, especially in the offensive zone. So um, he's all, he's, it seemed like he was on the ice the whole game on Thursday. It's ridiculous. He, he did. He didn't miss a shift. And But I mean, like if he keeps taking stupid penalties, you can't keep playing this guy. Well, I mean, they're going to have him on one line. They're going to have Gallagher on another line. They're going to have Auth on another line. Well, that's the thing. You have Steve Ott now. You don't need Andrew Shaw. One, only one of them should be in the lineup at the same time. Yeah, and well, I mean, I'm sure they will be, but we'll see. I don't know how much all the new guys are going to play. I mean, everyone talked about how the Habs got bigger. They got bigger. They got bigger. You know what? On Thursday night, it was exactly the same lineup as the game before. The only difference is Dwight King played eight minutes on the fourth line instead of Andrew Ghetto. Right. So instead of so, instead of um, Brian Flynn. Yeah. Or instead of Flynn. So for eight minutes on a fourth line, you got one player bigger. Otherwise, the lineup was exactly the same. Well, right. Because the guys that the Canadians acquired are only like third or fourth liners. You're not going to touch your top two lines. Not that they're that good anyway. Yeah. Anyways, we don't want to talk only about the Canadians. The Leafs got killed on the West Coast. They lost all their three games, one of them in a shootout. So they only picked up one out of six points on their little West Coast swing here. Uh, through California, you know they played like San Jose, Los Angeles, Anaheim, and right, and uh, now they're they're right now they're on the outside looking in of a playoff spot. Like they've been in and out like all the time, but they're one point back of the Islanders right now. So and the Islanders even have a game in hand. So they didn't do themselves, um, you know, any good on that West Coast trip. No, and listen, if I'm a Leaf fan, I'm not even upset about this really because, as I said, why why bother, you know trying to squeak into a, the eighth playoff spot in the East or so you whatever can lose it's called four straight to Washington. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, they might not lose four straight, but I mean, you're, they're not going to win the cup this year anyway. Yeah. I, I would rather finish lower and get a better draft pick. Sure. Because it's not just one draft pick. It's every round you get a higher draft pick. Yeah. So I think there's eight rounds in the NHL draft. That's, and the that's, Leafs have proven that they're good at drafting. Look at all the guys that they have. Like they, I mean, lately, obviously, yeah. obviously Austin Matthews was like a no-brainer. He was number one pick. But you know, Mitch Marner. You know, yeah, he was a high pick. But other, you know, people had their doubts about him. He's small and he, he's really liked. You know, <laughs> I mean, in size and like their their prospects are either they're doing a good job of picking them or they're doing a good job of developing them or both. You know, so they should want draft picks. They're they're doing well with them. Yeah, you um, you mentioned the Islanders. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you heard of this player called Josh Hosang. Yeah, sure. He got called up. Yes, and the reason I bring him up is because uh, have you seen what jersey number he's chosen to wear? Yes, number sixty six. <laughs> yeah. So this isn't the what bugs me. But it does actually bug me. They asked him about it. And he's like, yeah, you know, they I got 66. And uh, at first I thought maybe I wouldn't take it. But I'm going to like, he, he was a little bit arrogant about it. But what is he supposed to say? I mean, I it's think not a number. It's not retired by every team. He can take no, whatever number he wants. But this is something I actually wanted to talk to you about a couple of months ago. And I didn't bring it up. Yeah. Um, 
not specifically this player, but but jersey numbers. Okay. Now, so I don't think anyone should wear 66. I mean, obviously 99 is retired by the entire league and no one wears 99. Although I think Wilf Paymon wore number 99, if I'm not mistaken. He did, but yes, he did. This uh, Josh Hosang, and I hope I'm pronouncing yeah. his name yeah. properly. Yeah. If I, if I, if I recall... Uh, in training camp this year, I think he arrived late or something to the first practice or the first team meeting. And so he hasn't even played an NHL game yet. And he's already, you know, acting like arrogant and cocky. And he thinks he's hot stuff already. right? Exactly. Before he'd even stepped onto the ice. Yeah. And so he didn't make the team. And now they just called him up. So he's he just played his first game. I don't know, this week or yesterday or whenever it was. Um and and so now he's wearing this number. So basically, it shows me that this guy is very cocky and arrogant. So he hasn't changed a bit. Now, look, if you back it up by actually playing well, that's one thing. But I would not want to wear number sixty-six. It, Just like I would not want to wear ninety-nine, or even or even let's say number seventy-seven, for example. Um, now, again, I know number seventy-seven isn't retired by the whole league, but. Number 77 to me is synonymous with Paul Coffey and the Edmonton Oilers. I was going to say Ray Bork. Okay. There you go. Well, <laughs> he switched his number. He, after he did switch. Yeah. And so there is a, uh, there's a player on the Edmonton Oilers right now. I think his name is Clefbaum. Yeah. Wh- who wears number 77. That's ridiculous. And I'm, I'm like, I'm stunned that the Oilers, you know, <laughs> it's one thing if you're on the Canadians or, or on Columbus or on Pittsburgh or whatever, but the Edmonton Oilers, how do they allow a player on their team now to wear number 77? I don't get that. That's kind of ridiculous. So I, w- I was just surprised to see that. Well, Josh Hosang, we wish you all the best. We certainly do. <laughs> Hope you clean up your act and score some goals, because otherwise you'll be back in the AHL. <laughs> the Skip and Josh Sports Show. They don't take your calls. So do you have anything bugging you today? I know I've kind of like, I told you how much I hate that the Duke game's not on tonight and we, we kind of did some like pseudo what bugs me, but do you have like an official one? I do have an official one and we may have uh, alluded to this uh, in a previous episode, but it wasn't necessarily in the what bugs me segment. You're kidding me? Boy, are you bugging me, man? I'm gonna, when I get, I'm gonna nail, ooh, I'm, I'm getting bugged now, whoa, man. It's the um, the NHL playoff format. Oh, wow. So. It doesn't just bug me. It's just ludicrous. <laughs> it really is because right now, so obviously let's just to, to refresh everyone's uh, memory. If you're the top three in your division, you make the playoffs and then there's two wildcard teams. Right. So what's going to end up happening is, for example, Montreal would have to play. The Rangers. And Montreal would have home ice advantage. Yeah. Except the Rangers have a better record than the Canadians. Yes, by yeah, so, so if I'm the Rangers, I'm like livid at this. And not just that, it's actually favorable to be the Ottawa Senators and finish second in the Atlantic, so that you could don't have to, so that you can play Boston instead of having to play the Rangers. Exactly. So there's an easy fix to this, and Which... actually the NBA does this properly. Even though I don't follow the NBA, they actually do this properly. Just take the top eight in the conference, regardless of what division they're in, and rank them from one to eight. The top eight is the better way. It's the more fair way. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I know 
I know I understand the reasoning why the NHL switched to this format is that they want to create some rivalries uh, in the playoff games. Like they want to have Montreal playing Boston or 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 whatever the case may is or like Washington versus Pittsburgh. They 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 want to have those early round rivalries, which was great. Like back in the day, didn't you love the old Adams division? Right. Actually, actually, here's my complaint about that. I'm glad you brought this up because then when, you know, Montreal's playing Boston or Montreal's playing Quebec in the first round, if it's such a good rivalry, which it is, I'd like to see that in the second round or the third round. It's true because the, the, the NHL playoffs sometimes become anticlimactic. They get worse after the first round sometimes if your team, exactly. if your team's knocked out, right? Which right. half the team, which, you know, pretty much, you know, half the teams are knocked out after the first round. Exactly. So, yeah. So, so, so now, I mean, if you have these rivalries, as you say, and, and you're forced to play a team in your own division in the first round, mm-hmm. so then the second round isn't as good and the third round isn't as good. You know, two days ago when we were at the game, Matthew asked me what I fe- how how I feel about the playoff format because he doesn't like it at all, and I said I don't have strong feelings either way, but I bet Josh does. <laughs> yeah. So so, and look, this is like it's going to help the team that I like in this case, Montreal, because they're going to get home ice advantage. Although I'm not sure how important that is because we've seen eight seeds beat one seeds in hockey many times. Well, of all the playoffs and all the sports leagues, you know. The, the hockey is where upsets could happen. I mean, NBA, you know, upsets are rare. You know, right. the, the eights don't beat the ones. The sevens don't beat the twos. Um, you know, so in hockey, it's pretty cool because any, any kind of anything could happen. So you always have it, – it's great for all the fans because you always have hope. You know, like right now, every team battling for the playoffs is just like, let's just get in there because anything could happen. And, you know, the proof is anything has happened, right? You know, so – but I mean, if I'm if I'm the Rangers and I have to start on the road, yeah, um, I'm livid. And I think last year in the first round, did did the Rangers and the Penguins have to play each other in the first round last year? I, I think, think so. Yeah, and they were two of the top teams in the entire conference. They shouldn't have to face each other in the first round. No, that's a second or third round matchup. Yeah. Well, look what's going to happen this year. Columbus is going to play Pittsburgh. There you go. Like if the playoffs ended today, right? Like, and those are two of the strongest teams. Yeah, they shouldn't have to face each other in the first round. So that's that's crazy, right? I, and I don't understand. I mean, not but, only that. Let me tell you something. The Rangers are only two points behind Pittsburgh and Columbus, so anything could kind of happen, right? Mm-hmm. What happens if Pittsburgh falls out of the top three and they end up in that um, first wild card position? Canadians are going to totally play. Possible. Canadians are going to play Pittsburgh in the first round. That's a nightmare. <laughs> And the Canadians are going to have home ice, though. <laughs> That'll be great. <laughs> and we haven't even talked about the West. Well, it's a little bit more fair in that the two wildcard teams are not that good, right? Right True. now, it's yeah. Calgary and L.A. and St. Right. Louis and Winnipeg are, you know, still trying to get in there. So it's not as it's not as egregious. It's as, not. It's not. It's not as egregious at all. So in, in the West, it's kind of working in, in how the NHL wanted and that they're going to have you know, some, you know, divisional games in the first round, right? Anaheim, Edmonton, and Chicago, Nashville. So, I think know. last year in the West, Chicago and St. Louis had to play each other in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they did. And they were, and they were two of the top teams in the league at the time. That's right. That's right. So, you know, we can't be the only ones who notice this. No, of course. I mean, people, everyone People noticed. at the league office who make these decisions or the board of governors or the owners, I, I don't understand why any owner wouldn't want to have home ice advantage if they have a better record than the team they're playing against. You know, the NHL, they always try to, they want to play with the big boys. They want to be seen as 
part of the I mean they're part of the big four pro sports but they're they're number four without any chance of becoming number three right yeah, that's true and they they constantly make weird decisions that you know just kind of keep them as this more or less minor sport in the eyes of many I don't have the facts in front of me, but I think if you go back to the 1979-80 season, yeah, and I'm sure we can find this out. Now, granted, there weren't 30 teams in the league back then, but I believe that the playoff format that season was they just ranked everyone from 1 to 16, they did. and 1 played 16, and 2 played 15. Yeah, there was not and... even East-West. It was just 1 to 16. Right. That's how, come, I... remember, the Canadians played the Oilers one year in the first round. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And the, and the reason they got rid of that is because they didn't want to have so much travel. Well, which makes sense, right? Fine. But still, at least if you finished first overall, you had the luxury of playing the 16th best team, which is what it should be. That'll be great, yeah. The Skip and Josh Sports Show is back. All right. I have a few things to wrap up the show. Please. Some kind of housekeeping uh, stuff. Okay, great. I love housekeeping. <laughs> so I don't know if, uh, if you've all the people who follow our Facebook page, I posted an interesting link this week. Bill Simmons' website, The Ringer, staff posted the top 50 fast food items in America. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm uh, just tell all the, I'll put the same link on our website and, or you can check it out on our Facebook page, but I'd love all the listeners to check this out and comment on uh, some of the Canadian items that could make it into this list. You know, let's say, uh, I mean, it's full of American fast food stuff, stuff that we don't even have here, like In-N-Out Burger, Chick-fil-A, stuff like that. And uh, my, my son was thrilled because Popeye's chicken was number four on the list. Huge. They opened a Popeye's, a new a new Popeye's location not far from where I live in case oh, you guys ever come God. to visit. We're going to come for sure now. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'd love the listeners to put some Canadian items in there. Harvey's, like where does Harvey's rank in this? What about Tim Horton's? Um Random Harvey's makes your hamburger a beautiful thing or, you know, random poutine uh, situations. So look, just to uh, encourage the listeners to check that out. I also want to give a shout out to some listeners who are listening in, who reached out to us from far away. So um, Phil Murray, thank you for listening from Paris, France. And Jonathan Gomez, thank you for listening all the way in uh, Chile in South America. Pin them. Pin them. We'll send what? We'll send them out. A, we'll send some uh, something from the prize closet. And um, just to remind everybody to give us a like on iTunes and give us a review and you know follow and like our our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. You can get all the links and all the info on our website skipandjosh.com. One more shout out to Jamie who emailed us this week. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the uh the idea of talking about the he sent us an idea for something to talk about on the show um uh, maybe i'll post the link on our website it's about a uh seven-year-old kid who got stripped of his bowling title because he didn't wear the right pants i read that story it was a slow news day in newfoundland <laughs> i guess or maybe not maybe not it's probably the biggest controversy they've had in years yeah yeah so I forgot to mention something to you, and actually I should have mentioned this at the top of the show. It doesn't have anything to do with sports, but you know what's happening this Tuesday? Tuesday. No? Tell me. Give me a clue. Well, it's on television. It's not sports. Victoria's Secret Supermodels? 
No, I think that, <laughs> that I think that passed already. Okay, actually. what is it? It's the season premiere of The Americans. Oh, I can't wait! That's great. I'm gonna. I mean, that's gonna be awesome. So I think we'll have to do- devote like two to three minutes on every coming episodes to The Americans, right? Well, I, I'm not going to be able to watch it live. I don't get FX. Neither do I. But uh, you know, there's gray market. <laughs> I usually wait till the season's over and I watch it. I binge watch it. Okay. Well, if you want to do that, that's fine. Otherwise, I can uh, I can get the episodes and share them with you each week. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for that to start. It's going to be great. I actually was going to start watching Homeland season six last night, but I think they're on episode six now. They are. I I, didn't, I didn't start yet. I I had to catch up on the, the Bachelor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk to you next week. Have a good week. Okay. Bye. Bye. The Skip and Josh Sports Show is over now. Don't worry, there'll be another episode soon.